I am Chris. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to the first one shot of video games cover to cover, where we're going to be talking about FTL today. It, it does feel a little strange not recording Final Fantasy yeah, content. It, it's, but... like, it's like the end of an era. <laughs> yeah, a, a very short era that lasted about a month, two months. Two and a half months. Two and a half months. Yeah. Longer than I thought. Yeah, it was 10 episodes. Uh, admittedly, two of those episodes were basically the same thing. The nice thing about a one-shot is we don't have to worry about multiple episodes being the same thing. Exactly. Uh, before we get into that, I think there was something uh, that we both wanted to say. Yeah, we'd like to extend a shout-out once again to both Let's Be Legendary and Guildfellows. There are a couple of Dungeons & Dragons podcasts that are quite uh, enjoyable to listen to, but also they've been big supporters of us here at Video Games Cover to Cover, and we'd really like to return that favor. Exactly. It is fantastic to get support from two podcasts that we both listen to and look up to. So thanks to both of you, and we would we love to repay the favor in any way that we can. On to FTL, or Faster Than Light. So there's very little that we could say probably about it in a general sense, because it is one of those games that everybody's kind of aware of at this point. Um if for some reason you've been living under a rock, <laughs> uh, FTL is a roguelike where over time you have the ability to unlock better ships, other alternate styles of the same ship, and uh, really the purpose of, of the game in general is you are the Federation and you are trying to get vital information from the Rebels to your main base by the end of the game before the rebels catch up and essentially attack. It's an RPG disguised as a space sim kind of game where you're just you're trying to get your one ship to safety and being constantly pursued by the rebels. Almost everybody is, you know, familiar with FTL like we were saying. If somehow you're not, definitely go play it. It's an excellent game. Well, um, yeah, that's the whole purpose of this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, you're all playing the games that we are. Right. Or you've already played it. If not, we're definitely doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if you haven't, pause and go play it. Just do like one or two runs. It will yeah, take you I, I, I mean, spoilers, but is there really for, I mean, for FTL? We, the whole point is just get in a ship and go. We literally covered the entire plot in that like one minute summary. Minus the fact that Here's the thing, I'm terrible at FTL. Oh, me too. I'm absolutely garbage. I wish I wasn't. I've I've mostly only played it on easy. I came back to the game uh, because I had played this a lot, I think around the time when it first came out or, you know, a year or so after because I remember you were kind of telling me about it and I was like, oh, that, why would I play that? And then I picked it up and I couldn't stop. I played it a ton. <laughs> I feel like that's happened with several games over the years where I've been like, hey, you should try this. And you're like, eh. oh, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm i not a huge fan of roguelikes to begin with. I, I, I don't really care for the whole restart and, you know, every single time. And I'm much rather the like, if I'm going to play something, I want to be able to know that the progress I'm making is is constantly helping me and, you know, I can get better and stronger and faster. And in 
when a game like FTL has unlocks over time that kind of help you to feel a little bit better about not losing everything, I definitely like them a lot more. And, and FTL really scratches that itch for me, especially because of the unlock ship mechanic. When when you unlock a new ship and then you have different species a lot of times on that ship and and you get to play around with with weapons that maybe you haven't seen before. It's just it's so much more fun and it's it's almost like a new experience even though you're you're going out there into into space and if you've played it enough, you're gonna see the same events over and over again, but you're gonna have a different experience almost every time and if you go from easy to normal, you're going to have a massively different experience. <laughs> and if you're just amazing at the game, and if you are, I applaud you, and you're out there getting it going in hard mode, you are certainly better than I. Because I went into hard mode, and I don't think I got through, if I remember right, I think I got maybe two jumps in. <laughs> And I think the first jump was just like, oh, there's nothing here. <laughs> the second jump, it was like, and, and with FTL, you have the ability to pause. So you can pause and be like, I want this weapon to go here. I want this weapon to go here. I want these people to go deal with this fire over here because somehow I'm already on fire. I, I don't, whatever, but pause get all that stuff going and then hit start. And then just no matter what I did, it was just a complete destruction. It, it was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. It was almost like the Federation cruiser, the final ship had just showed up on my doorstep right out of the gate. When all you have is like one shield and a blaster and one and a couple missiles. It's like, this is not what I'm about. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like hard mode is almost survive until you can jump away enough times to get enough stuff to then get your upgrades to try to survive more. I, I don't know how people do it. And I, I kind of want to watch like a, a, a video of some hardcore FTL player really like just doing everything. And the, I've seen people online do like no pause runs. I'm just sitting over here shaking my head at the, the, the thought of trying to do it without pausing. Easy. Not bad. I For the most part on easy, I can get through almost all of it without pausing. Once I get to section or sector five, it's kind of like, oh, I mean, if, I don't, if I don't have a third shield by at least sector four, I'm going to have a bad time. Yeah. So it's interesting that you talked about like the the ship unlock mechanic because I mean don't get me wrong I love that there are a bunch of different ship options and different layouts on those ships and achievements on each ship to earn them and things like that but I just thought it was interesting that you were talking about how that scratches your your itch for that trickle of upgrades because that's actually one of my biggest complaints about FTO don't get me wrong I will I, I want to be clear like I was saying earlier I really like the game but I actually really feel like you don't I, at least to me, I don't feel like I ever really get that feeling that I'm going to do better next time because of something new I got. Because just because it seems like there's so those sorts of unlocks are so rare and there's really not very many of them. What have you unlocked? Um, 
I have all three layouts for the starter ship. I have the first two layouts for the NG ship, which obviously that's a really easy one to get. And then the, I think the Mantis one? You you got the Mantis ship. I think so. I don't remember. I know I have a third one. I think it's the Mantis one. I've got all the upgrades of the the Kessel ship. Well, I think there's only two. No, there's, well, oh yeah. I mean, you start with one. There's a total of three. So yes, there's only, there's two unlocks. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I haven't. No, I did get the third unlock. So I have all three of the original ships. And to be honest, I don't really care for the original ship at all. Uh, one of the layouts, I think it's the B layout for the original ship. I really like the one that just comes with like four lasers because in the beginning, you just straight up destroy everything with that. That guy. one is awesome. Yes, you're right. That one is awesome. That was the first layout I ever made it to the end of the game. So. Which actually, I think, I believe that's how you get the third layout for each ship is by getting to the final boss with that ship. Well, some of the ships only have two layouts. Yeah. But the ones that have a third, I think that's where the third, how you get the third. And that was the first time I think I had ever gotten to the final boss. Now, mind you, even on easy, and I'm ashamed to admit this, but I still have not beaten the final boss. I got to the third transformation. Yeah, same here. I got to the very end, and I... I've also never beaten it, and I distinctly remember beating, like, getting to the final phase and just being like, oh, no. Like, it's just the dawning realization that there's no way I can do it at this point. I'm just so beat up. It's just so... Well, you can heal. I, no, I know, but I would just, like, with the terms of, like, the number of jumps, I like, there was... I, I couldn't. It is just so difficult. You... Because the, the other... The, the only... I guess problem I have with FTL is it's so random. And I like that, but I dislike that because whether or not you can beat the final ship, to me, always kind of feels like luck. Because not only do you have to have survived, once you kind of get to sectors, you know, five and beyond, you really have to start paying attention to your scrap making sure you hit every single store to try to find the items that you need. Like I think a lot in, in a lot of the strategies that I looked up, it was have the fire beam because it just like, and just puts fire through like every single section that it goes across. And it's, it's very powerful because then they have to, you know, you can knock out multiple sections at once by just using the fire beam. And it's like, there are certain things that you really have to look out for and hope that you have enough money for or keep things in the bank to sell. And just it's once you get past, you know, sector sector four, and once you really get into sector five and and beyond, you have to really like start preparing for that fight. And if you don't have the materials and you don't have the stuff to really start preparing for that fight. It's going to be, it's, it's really going to be a bad fight, especially because if you still have like, oh, 50% extra scrap in that fight, like, what are you even doing here? Yeah, that's a waste of... Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, get out of here. And, and that's just it, is I completely agree with you. That's, an, that's one of the frustrations that I have too. And it's not even just about building up your ship like that, because yes, it, it, the fight at the end of the game, which I can pretty reliably get to the end of the game. I mean, like, I've played it enough times that I can usually get to the final boss or, like, very close to the end of it before I die. 
but it would be nice if there was a mechanic to either have an expanded store or the store was guaranteed like each store you visit to have at least one good item against the final boss. Yeah. But but you're exactly right because there are so many things that feel like the, the number of things that are actually worth taking to the boss fight are very minimal and unfortunately a lot of those things aren't even necessarily things you want before then. Exactly. Like I am not going to fire beam is great but I got to pick that up and hold on to it till the very end of the game. Yeah, because it's like there are better there are better things out there and sometimes so I actually have unlocked one of the hardest ships in the game to get apparently outside of the federation ship which you get from unlock it, or which you get from defeating the final boss which I still haven't done so I don't have that ship but I I have the crystal ship which is apparently unbelievably difficult to get. I unlocked it a couple years ago. I, <laughs> I know the process, and I'll, I'll kind of talk to you about what I had to go through in order to get it. That ship has no missiles. You don't really need them. By the end of the game, I think the run where I, I made it to the final boss with the crystal ship, I think I had something like 70 missiles. Why can I not sell missiles to the shop that I don't want or need. Yeah. Missiles are so expensive. Let me sell them for like a couple scrap each because that would at least be like, okay, so you can get one really good weapon if you've saved up all your missiles and you haven't used them at all. Or your drone parts. If you're, why can't you save things? Why can't you sell stuff like that? Yeah. That is my biggest complaint because if you're, not doing a drone run, you're going to come across a bunch of drone parts that you're not going to need. And there are a few events here and there that will let you sell them in bulk. But a lot of times it's almost never when I actually need it. And when I actually would want them to come up by that point, I'm like, no, I need way, I need way more scrap than what those events are going to provide. I'm like, please jump as many times as possible so I can kill as many ships as possible to get enough scrap. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully you get those events where the rebels are attacking the civilians. Yeah, let's help them. Sometimes the civilians bolt. Sometimes they give you extra stuff. Sometimes you basically just don't get anything. But those but are one of the better like ones to reliably get stuff for sure. Exactly. And you know, there's something to say. There's something to be said about the randomness of the game. I, I like that. If the game was easy, it wouldn't be a challenge and I wouldn't get as much replay value out of it. Like, I still want to play it now, even though I've never beaten it, because I'm like, I, I want to get farther. I want to do better. I want to, you know, I essentially just want to get lucky enough to have everything I need for the final fight and hope that you know, I've played enough of the game that I have the expertise to be able to pull it off. And, you know, the other problem with that final fight is it's a multi-phase fight and each phase plays out completely differently. So you have to be prepared for three completely different battles, basically. And the biggest mistake I made was I flew right to the ship, which is good because you want to beat the ship to your bases because you want to be able to attack it. So that way it'll run away. So then you can go heal. My biggest mistake with the 
final sector was I flew right there, but on my way, I kept stopping and doing like a full heel. I shouldn't have done that. I should have taken routes that took me away from the base and took me away from repairs. And I should have just ignored those until I got to the final battle, did the battle, and then gone back and repaired. Because the biggest problem that I had with the when I got to the third section was not that I couldn't beat it or not that I didn't have the strategy. It's I didn't have the hull to survive. I had full hull going into the final fight, but I was down to 50% by the second fight and I was down to like one hall point when I got to the third. So it's just, there was nothing I could do. And no matter what, I knew that I was going to lose and I didn't have an opportunity to repair at all. Again, why can't you use, why can't you forgo some of your scrap to repair your hall? And I know that there is one of your jump things will allow you to do that is it'll get rid of like, you know, you get, Every time you get scrap, a certain percentage of that goes to fixing your hull. But again, that doesn't help you when you're at the final battle. I've got all this stuff left over that I don't need. And it's like, let me sacrifice that to like do rust repairs. Yeah, there's also a drone that will repair your hull. And I, I remember that because I had tried to use that as part of my strategy against the, uh, the final boss once. But that didn't wind up being particularly effective either because it basically would just be like, oh, well, you finished the fight, so the drone's just going to decide it's done now. And I'm like, no, that's why you're here. I need you to keep fixing. <laughs> <laughs> no, please keep fixing. Um, So that didn't wind up working out for me either. But yeah, in spite of that, in spite of the frustrations, um, yes, the randomness is a great appeal. And that's part of why, you know, roguelikes as a genre are what they are, because that's one of the defining characteristics of it is every run's going to be different. And there is something inherently really satisfying about getting as far as you can, even knowing like with me that I'm never going to actually beat the game. I mean, hopefully someday I will, but like, you know, I, any given run, I go in knowing full well that it's going to end badly. And, but it keeps driving you on. I mean, it's, uh, and that's, you know, the sign of a really good roguelike is like, I have the same reaction to like the binding of Isaac, for example. I mean, I think I enjoy FTL more than that, but like it, it has that same sort of feel of, you know, feeling like I want to dive right back in and give it another shot when I'm playing it. And FTL is, is one of those games where it's like, just one more jump. Yeah. You know, it's, it's midnight. I really should be going to bed. Let me just get one more jump in there. Two o'clock later, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get to the final fight and you're like, "Oh no, well this is gonna take forever." But I can't stop now. I'm having such a good run. Yeah, and then you lose, and now it's like two thirty, and you're thinking, "I really should have just went to bed. I'm gonna have a terrible day tomorrow." Yeah, and and that's why I have certain games that I just can't play unless I'm like on vacation or something. Because <laughs> I have that problem a lot with games like Civ and stuff. And yeah, FTL has that same quality where it's like. I can only do this when I know I have time for it. I get way too obsessive with Civ. Way, way, way too obsessive. I, oh, Civ is, Civ is a game where I, like, physically can't stop until I've beaten it. And so if I start a game at, like, 10 o'clock, I'm, like, going to bed. I can't sleep because I'm, like, I have to keep playing. You're just thinking about, like, your next moves and stuff? That's all I'm thinking about. That's all I can think about. Civ Oh, I can't. I have got to play that on the weekend because it is one of those games where like I can't stop thinking about it. 
I I had it. I got it on my phone. Huge, huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Huge mistake. I considered it and then actually specifically did not because I was worried about that. Yeah. I Because I, I love Civ so much. But at FTL, I'm able to... I have it for my iPad, but I really don't like the touch. Yeah, the, t- the touch interface is really difficult, I think, to do with the sort of commands you need to do. I will say... They make it incredibly simple. I, I've, I've, I didn't not like playing it, but I just prefer being able to just pause. And it's not that you can't do that on the on the iPad. It's just I don't know something about a mouse and a keyboard where I'm just like can zero in on exactly what I want done and ex- the exact movements and everything, and and I don't have to worry about my clunky sausage fingers um, <laughs> messing something up and clicking on the wrong thing. Yes, as a fellow sausage-fingered person, I completely understand. Um, it's not as bad on the iPads; it's a bigger screen. But like, especially if you tried to do something like that on your phone, that's just asking for problems. No, I can tell you, the Crystal Ship is incredibly hard to get. Um, it was one of those things that back when I was playing it before, I had set out to say, "I want this ship, and I'm going to get it." So, j- <laughs> so just like in Final Fantasy X, too, you, that's all you do now until you get it. So I would go, I would restart runs if I didn't think, if I didn't get the specific things fast enough, even if I was having a great run to like potentially do well later on, I'm like, no, my entire purpose in life is to get this stupid ship. <laughs> you will be to. mine. Because it, it it's just, the crystal ship has a, it has two weapons and both of them are crystal weapons. Both of them are really, really nice. One of them acts exactly like a missile, but uses no missiles. So it just shoots a crystal thing at them. And I I can't remember exactly how many of the... I think you get two shots with the first crystal weapon, but the second one will ignore one layer of shield uh, and then just blast the second one. So it's like missiles in the sense that it will ignore at least one level of shield, but it won't ignore all shields. But so, still, that's a really handy thing to have, especially for something that doesn't actually cost missiles. So then later in the game, once you've built up missiles, then you could potentially replace it for like an actual missile launcher, like the Artemis. So it's almost as if you're starting out with the main ship, uh, the Kestrel, but... It's, in my opinion, a a better ship because it comes with rock plating. It's also a lot bigger, if I remember right. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, because, I mean, that's the other problem in terms of, like, trying to prep for the boss and stuff is, especially with those early ships, you don't really have very many spots to actually put new systems. Well, you only have, like, you can, every ship has enough spots to get one of every system. Really? I thought I had had runs where I ran out of stuff. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Well, like the like the med bay, the cloning bay will take its place. Um, but there's a spot for there's even if it has to put it in a small like two thing. Like there's definitely spots for a hacking bay, and because you don't get to choose where where you put stuff. Yeah, it just sticks it in a slot. All right, I, I'm probably just misremembering then. Because I want to say that every ship has enough spots for each one of the types of attacks that you would want to do. So, like, each one, like, if you want to have drones and a teleporter and, you know, a cloaking device, 
I want to say that you can on every single ship. Now, I don't have every single ship, but I want to say the starting ship, you can get everything. Uh, and then each one, I think, still only has three spots for additional upgrades. So, like, you know, like I said, the, the crystal ship starts with rock plating. Yeah, yeah, that part... I'm pretty sure that's locked to three. You're right. And like the cargo bay and all that, I think that all is the same size no matter what ship you are. Yeah. Uh, but but what you have to do in order to get the crystal ship is you have to come across a stasis pod in a asteroid field. So essentially, uh, an easy way to find it is to use long range scanners, though you don't. I don't think you have to. I don't can't remember if I did or not. No, I don't. Uh, I don't think you have to because I I don't I I almost never have the long range scanners and I have found the stasis pod before and I know that it, that one can happen in in several different sectors uh yeah I think I, I don't think it's I I want to say that it's not locked to a specific spec sector uh but I think most of the friendly ones can have it like the ones that are because when you go to different sectors you know it has different colors based on the opinion of the inhabitants and i think most of the friendly ones can have it so it which makes it a little less risky to get oh okay okay i just looked it up the event can only be encountered in uh an ingi pirate or rock sectors that's still though that's like quite a few options because there's really not that many different sectors there's only three other there's civilian mantis and zoltan yeah i would say there's really not that much oh well i think the other the expansion added abandoned sector also i think there's a rebel controlled sector yeah yeah. So that makes like eight. That's still almost half, though. Uh, but then what you're going to have to do is uh, in order to basically there's a crystal dude living inside of this stasis chamber in order to uh, basically he has the knowledge to get you the ship. So you have to come across an event that uh, it, it'll be a blue event. So it'll be one of those things where it's like, if you see it in a different color, you kind of know that that's the best option to choose. Yeah, because those are the ones that are only available based on some specific thing about your ship or your exactly. crew or whatever. Yeah, that that's definitely one of those things that, you know, you quickly realize that you should always pick that one if that's an option. And most people were saying, because you, you, you basically have to find the Zoltan homeworld. And you can find it in, in Ingi sectors, but obviously the Zoltan homeworld is going to be... Most likely, you're going to find it in a Zoltan sector. Uh, but if you ha if you don't have the choice to go to one of those, then an Ingi, an Ingi or whatever, however you pronounce that, will. If, will if you can't, if you can't find the Zoltan homeworld, Storbot is fine. <laughs> uh, and then after you wake him up, you then have to travel to the Rock homeworlds uh, to find the Crystal Beacon Quest Marker. Essentially. He gives you all this info and he's like, yo, you got to go to this spot. You got to check out these things. I'll get you this baller ship. <laughs> and it, it's, it is a long and arduous process to get this ship. And I mean, it really is. And that comes back to the sort of where the randomness of FTL sometimes kind of works against it because, you know, you could have you could get through the first two sections and then just never run into the rock home worlds or get there and never be able to find the specific spot you're supposed to go and things like that and that's that can be part of what makes ftl frustrating sometimes um because you can get like part way through the quest but there's no guarantee that just because you started a quest you can actually finish it because once you get to the rock home world then 
you get transported into a secret hidden crystal sector. And in there, there's a guaranteed spot where it shows you this is exactly where it's stocked. And then you just have to get there. So it, it is it is a long, long process. And I was very happy when I got it. And I can tell you that ship for me, and that's why it kind of scratches that. That's really why it kind of scratches that itch for me, because that ship, in my opinion, is better suited, especially for early game, because you get a second shield early game nothing can touch you yeah for sure you with that ship you might as well just breeze right to sector four and during that time you might as well just start preparing for the final battle and with that ship i think it's a lot easier i think it's an easier ship to prepare for that battle as it should be i mean considering that it's a you know extremely hard like probably the hardest ship in the game to get in terms of what it asks you to do which we say that and strategy guides have said that and other people have said that but the hardest for me is beating the stupid federation ship because i've still never done it even on easy yeah yeah i mean same here but there- i was lucky enough to have the the stars aligned to get me the tr- the crystal ship but i have never been lucky enough to make it to the final battle and and i'm sure one of those things is like once I've actually beaten it a couple of times, it will not be as hard in terms of understanding it more, but it really does feel extremely impenetrable as someone who has only made it there a few times and gotten crushed. The problem I have is I can't practice it in any way, shape, or form. Yes, exactly. That's a lot of it is, yeah, you you just kind of have to cross your fingers and hope, and then, yeah, you, it takes, <laughs> you know... I. Given how long a given run is, you know, even if you want to try it again and you can make it there the next time, you're still looking at probably one or two hours. I can tell you that I sort of figured out a way to cheat the game. There are hidden save files for the game that you can just copy and replace. And as soon as you spin the game up, it'll be like, continue. You can continue right from where you were where you were put off. And I have used that to practice the final battle, and I still can't beat it. <laughs> I, like, I'm not... It's it's one of those things where it's like, I figured it out, and the only reason I figured it out is because I have the game on Steam. I had played it mostly on my MacBook, um, you know, before I had built a Windows computer for all my editing and stuff. I had used it there and played it a ton. When I went over to my Windows machine, for whatever reason, Steam was not doing cloud save, so I had lost all my progress. So I was like, what do I have to do? Can I? Is there anything I can do to find it? And I found out that if you replace these specific files, that's your, your base save. And I found out that you can, in fact, just copy and replace that to do a continue. But at the same time, I'm like, that's not in the spirit of the game. That's not why I'm playing the game. It's one of those things where I was like, well, maybe, maybe for the podcast, I can beat this stupid Federation ship finally after all of this time by doing this stupid little cheat that I found. And I still couldn't do it. And then I was like, ah, and now I feel even more disappointed in myself because I found a way to cheat the game and I still couldn't beat it. I, I have to correct you just because this is actually a really important distinction that I want to get into very quickly, but 
we're the Federation, it's the rebel ship you can't beat. Oh, for some reason, here's the thing. I think of it like Star Wars, but don't want to be the Empire. Right, and that's actually, and I'm bringing this up because this is a really important thing for me personally, and it is something that bothers me a lot, and FTL is not the only game that does this, uh, so I guess very, very broad uh generic spoilers for the Mass Effect series because I'm about to talk about that very briefly. And it ties into the... Uh, this is, I see you over there. Why are you doing this? L- We're not playing Mass Effect. Listen, <laughs> l- let me let me say my piece, okay? Because, yes, you're exactly right. The premise should be that we're the rebels fighting against the evil empire, but we're not. We're reversed, and that's a problem. And the reason that's a problem is the rebels in this story... The evil rebels are xenophobic humans who do, who think that the other races are holding humanity back. And that's what they're rebelling against is this idea of getting along with all these other races and humans should be running everything. The organization Cerberus in the Mass Effect series has the exact same motivation and are also the villains. But both games make a very distinct mistake that because they're clearly supposed to be the villains in both cases. But the problem is, because this is a video game, and they are way more powerful than you, the game is basically saying that they are, in fact, correct, even though they're the bad guys. Because these this gigantic rebel fleet that is endless and has ships that are just unbelievably more powerful than you, or Cerberus with their massive armies in Mass Effect that they just build in the space of a couple years, as being presented in the game... Yeah, humans are being held back by them because look at what these guys were able to accomplish by kicking the aliens out like they said they wanted to. And that's bad for obvious reasons. I never got the message that where did you see that in the story of this game? It comes up in some of the events and stuff. And also, if you look at the rebel ships, they literally never have anyone but humans on them. I don't understand why then you would be able to get as many hum- or many aliens as you want, because one in order to unlock one of the ships and I think think it's one of the rebel secondaries is have sick have one of every type of no that's one of the um alternates for the kestrel the starter ship which yeah which is the which is the federation ship right but the federation are the it's like the federation from star trek it's a bunch of aliens in one thing no so so that's what i'm saying is why can't the rebels be the bad guys in this case it's what, why does it ha- why is it a bad story if the rebels are the bad guys? It's, it's a bad story or it's a bad message specifically because look at how much more powerful the rebels are than you. That's why it's a problem because their position is a terrible one in terms of like if they were the evil empire that had been established over generations or whatever, that would be one thing. but when it's a rebellion, that's something that broke off and splintered off and started doing its own thing within the space of a few years. And look how much they were able to build up following their philosophy of everybody but humans suck. That's why it's a problem. Oh, okay. Because then the game is essentially establishing that they're correct because look how much they could do in such a short time with their philosophy that is unquestionably a bad one. That doesn't necessarily mean that the game is saying they're correct, well, though. No, but That's just saying that... You know, a bunch of rich dudes got together and said everybody else sucks. Well, no, the game isn't saying it's correct in this. Like, within the context of what the game wants you to think, yeah, they're the bad guys or whatever. The problem is 
the me- when the message something is trying to send contradicts the realities of what it's showing you because then like it it, it it's a, there's a dissonance there that has a, that, that creates an issue where you know it, if you just look at it if you uh, with when you remove the problem is when you remove the moral side of what they're saying, they wind up actually being correct, and that 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 should never be that, that that's not true, and it never is true. But I think what the game is trying to do is they're not trying to be the same story that everybody else is having, which is the rebels are always the good guys. But how can you have a good game by? just the Federation stomping the rebels over and over, then you look like the bad guys. So I get what you're saying, but if the developers want to tell a different story than what everyone else is already doing, the only way to really do that is to just be like, listen, these guys, they're, they're strong because of gameplay reasons, but they're still wrong because that's not what they should be. Well, yes, but I mean, like, I guess that's my point is when the gameplay and the story have a have a contradiction like this, then that's just a, that's a problem. Uh, I mean, it's not like I still love the game. I'm not saying it's a problem that's like destroys the game experience or whatever. I, I, I get that you're saying that it's a problem. What I'm saying is as a developer, how would you fix that and still have a rewarding gaming experience like if i was the federation if i didn't want to tell the same story as everybody else how would i fix that in this context okay so i mean there's a couple ways you could approach it one would be why are they rebels i mean i'm not saying that they need to be the evil empire or whatever but it could just be another invading army that's one option or i guess invading space fleet another option would be they could still have a bunch of like some po- really powerful ships that can cause problems for you, but this massive, overwhelming force of literally like infinite ships that's constantly pursuing you and never slows down and is never gets held up by anything. I mean, like they're like this cl- unbelievably unbeatable thing, as opposed to you know they could still be causing problems for you without literally like every time the the rebels catch up with you the background is literally just like this massive fleet of ships that are so much bigger than anything you could ever have. What really annoys me about that whole thing is I've let it catch up to me before and I've completely annihilated the ship. And the only thing that it ever gives you is one energy so you can keep moving. And it's like, if I've done something like that and I've beaten one of their ships, the thing is, Oh, well, you have to get out of here before the rebels catch up to you. Okay, fine, but give me something for doing that. I mean, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't prevent people from just farming a ton of of stuff and it defeats the purpose of the game, but that but I guess that's what I'm getting at is it wouldn't be a roguelike if it was any different. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, it could easily be If it was another if it was another empire like, let's say this was a bad empire, like the Klingons or whatever. Not that the Klingons are bad. No, it's I just they're yeah. the war race. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if it was something like that, I could see it being very, very the same. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I completely get what you're saying. And, and I totally agree with you. The only thing that I'm trying to present is how could it be done differently and still have the same experience? And... and to me, the only thing that really makes sense is like you were saying is to have a, you know, another large 
empire or whatnot that is just bad and they've been established for X number of years and it's empire to empire. I just think that part of the problem is there's so many games out there that's just rebels against federation or rebels against empire or rebels against government or rebels against whoever. I think the developer just wanted to try something different and what you're saying totally hits home and I get it. I just, I, I on the other hand, I do kind of say, it's like, I'm happy that they tried something different. I'm happy that they went for a different story than what everyone else has. Because just doing, all oh, the rebels are the good guys every single time. The rebels don't necessarily have to be good guys. They don't have to be good guys. In this sense, they aren't good guys. But yeah, they probably shouldn't be super powerful. The rebels should never be super powerful. Yeah, that that's also a part of it, too. It's just like, yeah, like if you're a rebel, I mean, both historically and in fiction, and part of the reason why the rebels almost always are the good guys in that sort of thing is because they're the scrappy underdog. And that's always going to be the case. I mean, just because by definition, when there's a rebellion going on against the existing power, the existing power is almost certainly going to be more advanced than that. And so then the rebels have to do things like hit and run and be annoying. They're not just going to be able to stand there and fight you like directly. And then this, the rebellion in FTL. Yeah. Like they, they just have like this absolutely absurd thing. Cause even when you get to, um, the, the, the final boss section, a, there's this ship that's unbelievably advanced and powerful, which you could still have that. It was just one ship, but the, but they also still have this, the reason they give for why no one else can help you, even though you get back to the whole Federation fleet, is because there's so many rebel ships, and there's so many more of them, that the entire rest of the fleet has to focus on that and is still losing. I think what was happening was you you're, you were essentially Princess... Princess um, Leia. Princess Leia. Yeah. Trying to get the message. Trying to get the message, except instead of just sending an email, even in Star Wars... You're going to tell me that you have developed interstellar travel, warp speeds. You don't have any sort of relay network for sending a freaking email with the plans. Come on. Are you kidding me? Even in this sense, it's ridiculous to me that you can't just be like, you have long range scanners and you can communicate with this other. You even come across other Federation ships that you help along the way. You come across Federation controlled. I think there's like some of the civilians are super big on the Federation. You're telling me that you can't just be like, hey, let me add an attachment to this communication and just shoot it over there. Done. Put, done. I don't understand why there's got to be this just ridiculous. Well, you know, we can't do it because it's space. Well, and what what you said just also got me thinking, because, yeah, like, there's no reason there should only be one copy of this thing, because, okay, this, as I recall, the thing you're trying to get to them is actually information about that super secret ultimate ship that you wind up fighting at the end. I believe that's actually what's going on. Which, if you have the information, why does it wait until now to give it to you? If I have all that info. Right. Yeah, there's that. Like, I should be able to know. You could have prepared me for that fight by being like, hey, we've decoded it on this way. We've decoded part of the mission, and this is what you can expect. Or And maybe one of the rebel ships is going to start having that thing, so you have to, like, develop. It just seems odd to me that you can't just be like, when you think about fiber, 
fiber is literally sending light from one point to another using optics. Light travels faster than everything. Well, except by definition, that's part of it, and that's part of why all these ga- these universes limit that is because, by definition, warp drive is going faster than light, so now you would get there before your message would. Listen, Andrew, shut up. But <laughs> what you were talking about, the, the, the thing that you stood out to me was, why does it have to be you? Why do you have to make it? I mean, obviously, for the sake of the game, yeah, you need to make it or whatever, but like... The idea that everything is riding on you and the Federation... Why isn't there another ship there? Right. All those Federation ships you run into that you help along. Yeah, like you said, why not send them an attachment? And now there's multiple ships trying to get this message there. And then the odds of one of them making it is a lot higher. And also, like, how did the situation get this bad that the Rebels control, like, all of this stuff and are still have this giant fleet to chase? Like... I mean, you don't think about the plot too much because the plot is literally like... I mean, the plot is... It, it, a lot of it is literally just well, gameplay ex- logic. Right, it's an excuse to play the game. But yeah, if you think about it like at all, it quickly falls apart. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of just like... Uh, so so yeah, sure, light speed, whatever. But you're really going to tell me that those ships have no way to communicate with one another. I mean, if we if we make another correlation to Star, uh, Star Trek, wasn't he constantly communicating with Starfleet? Was he constantly opening up communications with with one guy to another? Wasn't he constantly doing that? Yeah. Like, yeah. the video calls. Mm-hmm. You are so advanced that you've unlocked faster than light travel, but you can't send a communication quicker than that? Come on. And that is the biggest problem that I had even in Star Wars and, and even in this and even in other space-type games where it's like, you got to get from one side to another. I'm like, Why? Other than just, you know, well, play the game. Yeah. Because definitely play the game because it's awesome. I absolutely love FTL. Even even kind of going in and kind of talking about its problems, just like we did with, with Final Fantasy. It's like, I still love the game and I'm still going to play it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, this is not, these comments are not in any way a suggestion that FTL is a bad game or a game that you should not play because it's amazing and I love it. A- a- exactly. And and by no means am I saying that, like, you know, because they went with something different, it's, you know, the story's bad or anything like that. I j- it- It's just different. And, you know, there are holes, but there are holes in any story. And the thing is, at the end of the day, I love FTL. I love playing it. And someday I'm going to get that Federation ship. I guess my only is going uh, on the story part is, yes, every story has holes and, you know, and they can be fun to pick at or whatever. It That is an area that is slightly disappointing to me, if only because it is such a vague, simple story that still has a bunch of holes because they barely give you anything and you could still pick holes in it. Well, and I think that that's just the, the problem is they just didn't want to go too far into the story because it definitely seemed like they were more focused on gameplay and puzzle solving, especially yeah. when you get into like unlocking different ships. Because yeah, I also have the rock ship. Um, which you, you have to go through a, a, a different gauntlet of things to get that. It, it, unlocking each ship is in itself going on its own little mission. Yeah, other than like the NG ship, because I think you get that automatically when you get to like Sector 5 the first time or something. You do. Yeah. You automatically unlock NG as soon as you get to Sector 5. In fact, I didn't even notice when I had originally unlocked it, and I'm like, what? How did I get this? And then I went back and looked it up, and it's like, oh, just getting to Sector 5. Ah, duh. But on on the one hand, you know, 
I, I know that we've kind of, you know, dogged the story and everything like that. And we can talk about, you know, it being disappointing and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I'm not playing that game for the story. Me personally. No, and me either. I mean, that's not why you're here for sure. I, I'm playing the game because it has great gameplay. It, it's a lot of fun. And it, it's just, it's it's one of those games where you can just kind of sit down and, and spend an hour on doing a run or 10 minutes if you're really bad and not playing on easy. <laughs> or you just have really bad luck because I've definitely had runs like that where even on easy, it's just like, I just got an event that I really couldn't handle at the level I was at and just got smashed. Yep. I've had similar experiences, even on easy. I will say, easy is very, very easy. But not that easy since we still can't beat the boss. <laughs> well, it, it's easy in the sense where it's like almost any given run, even if I'm making bad or poor decisions or not really paying attention, I can make it to the boss almost every single time pretty consistently with just about any of the ships I use. The only time I've ever come close to fighting the ship is when I've been on a good run. And probably the thing is, like, even on normal, the problem I have with normal and hard is they're like, encounters are harder. You're going to get less stuff. It's like, what? If I'm playing it on hard, at least give me better rewards. At least give me that. Well, yeah, but I don't know that that would work because it's not like the rewards are anything that persists so i mean like i feel like that almost has to be the case for the experience to work well no what i'm saying is give me so early game is so much of a struggle yeah on on normal and hard because you can't afford good stuff right out of the gate if i could get to a point where i could afford decent stuff right out of the gate by having a little better rewards from you know the first couple of sectors I definitely wouldn't feel like as bogged down later. Yeah. I I mean I, I definitely agree with what you're coming from. I guess I just that's one of the things that given that it is a roguelike because like if I was when I think about, you know, playing on hard in a game, usually you think of like the reward is score or better unlockables or whatever, but since FTL doesn't really do any of that, I'm not surprised that it doesn't give you more, I guess, is all I'm saying. Well, it saying. does. The score goes up, but have you ever played hard? No, because even normal, I suck. So. This is what I'm saying. Play hard and then tell me if you don't reserve deserve better rewards. It's not a good time. Yeah, but I mean... I, I want to feel something in hard. <laughs> I just want to feel something. Well, you do feel something. That something is just existential dread that you're immediately going to die. <laughs> Which I guess makes the reward of of winning all that much more satisfying. But really, it's just like, oh, why did I even put myself through this when I could yeah. have just beaten it on easy? <laughs> but, you know, if we've gotten to the point that we could reliably beat it on easy and normal, then maybe hard won't be such an overwhelming thing. Yeah, yeah, because at that point, you're just so fast and everything that... But you're not getting better stuff. Whereas, you know, when I play Diablo and I'm like in Torment 11 or whatnot, and it's just because my gear is so much better at this point, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. But with, with FTL, it's just like you just, the only upgrade you ever get is ships. And that's why it's like hard and normal just seems so hard <laughs> because of that. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's a very unforgiving game. And to be honest, I love it for it. 
Yeah, and it's always funny that you you're into that because I laugh and you know we have conversations about how I've I've said for a little while that at some point I'd like to do a Dark Souls or Bloodborne. I'm gonna cut all that out. <laughs> but uh, but you know you 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 talk about how much you're dreading and how much you think you're gonna hate those experiences. Yep, nope. No, 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 no. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> all cutting board. But <laughs> not mentioning. No. Nope. <laughs> 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 this is the police coming to take me away. Oh, for, yeah. Uh, for... There's some weird noise in the background. I, yeah, Andrew, all that audio is just buckus. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, okay, so now that we're back, there are some weird audio like malfunctions. I'm not sure what, what, what really went wrong there. But, you know, I, you know, I think I must have kicked the... You know the inputs or something. Repeat, repeatedly, like just slammed your foot into it over and over. But, again. but yeah, we were just we were talking about you know that the game is 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 difficult. We just really we just love we just love FTL and um, <laughs> that's all true. You know we just can't. I just can't wait to 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 pick it back up and and someday defeat that ship. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely sounds like exactly what happened. No yeah. part of that is questionable. No, 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 no. So on that note, that's gonna do it for the one-shot episode of Video Games Cover to Cover to talk about FDL. Uh, I think that the next episode that we're going to do is Papers, Please. Yeah, that's that's one that almost the inverse of FTL, where it's almost all about the the story of the things rather than... The, because the gameplay is a very simple thing, but I, I think it'll be a good discussion and I'm really excited to have it. Yep. Well, uh, with that, new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs>